Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. So welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. And this episode, I'm very fortunate to have Simon Alexander on with me. Now, Simon featured in the January 2020 edition of Coach Magazine. He is an award-winning life coach, executive coach, business strategist, and public speaker. Um, And what's wonderful about Simon is that he's all about purpose. Okay, it's a big word, and we're going to dig into purpose today, you know, vision and purpose as well. And Simon has some uh, fantastic insights to this. So first of all, welcome, Simon. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Teresa. Okay, it's a pleasure. And I think your your article was very, very interesting, if anybody has read it as well, um, because it's really about, you started off with a very interesting story, actually, didn't you? Do you want to refresh us on that story about the, the mission of utmost importance um, when the 1943, it says, and chief engineer aerospace company Lockheed Clarence Kelly Johnson receives a call from the US Department of Defense. German jet fighters have just appeared over Europe and the U.S. wants a counterpunch. Yeah, so it was a fascinating story uh, I've come across a number of times, and I thought this resonated with me so much about purpose in the sense that there was this moment in history in which Clarence Johnson was tasked with such a critical task uh, to help the Americans get a foothold in the developments of a world war. He knew, however, that going the typical route wouldn't work. You, you know, just sort of telling these employees, we're going to uh, accomplish this mission, we're going to come together, we're going to get this plane built. What he focused on was how he could do this in a different way by tapping into emotion, by tapping into a cause which everyone could rally behind. And this has now been informally known as uh, Skunk Works. So if you Google Skunk Works, you'll see that people have now looked at this model that Clarence Johnson implemented uh, at this time to achieving some of the greatest inventions, achieving some of the greatest projects uh, in in, in the time after this. And tapping into that was, I think, important to motivate people. Because if you just said, ladies and gentlemen, let's build this uh, jet in record time. We've got to achieve this goal so we can do X, so we can satisfy uh, Y, then I don't think it would have had the effect uh, if it wasn't for tapping into reasons. Uh, What is the reason for us to do this together what is the reason i recruited you specifically to take on a project of utmost importance it was tapping into a cause that everyone could unite behind that if we accomplish this together we literally can change the world we can literally save lives we can rid the world of nazi peril we can bring good back into the world it was tapping into that that i feel allowed them to achieve so much in such a short space of time it's incredible that really and then here it says you know having clarity around a magnetic vision a compelling purpose and the value you want to bring so all the things that you're talking about and it's true isn't it that you know we don't get involved in anything or get behind anything unless we really believe in it unless there's a mm. purpose there unless our values align um and that counts for ourselves as well doesn't it so actually getting finding our own purpose i mean it's a big conversation um 
And the article here says the purpose of life is a life of purpose. And mm. I'm sure in your work, you find many people who are seeking that and literally don't really know where to start with it. So where would you suggest people start with this big task? Or is it, in fact, so big? Yeah, I, I think the reason why it is big and why it shouldn't be big, but why it is big is because the majority of us in society don't take the time to reflect on these very important questions. You know, what is it do we want? Uh, me personally, it wasn't a question I truly reflected on until the global financial crisis of 2008 really kicked off. And up until that point, I was just listening to uh, advice from my parents, advice from schools, advice from uh, media as to the path that I should take in society to you know, earn money, make a good living, and all that comes with that. But it wasn't until I really stepped back and reflected, what is it do I want to do? What am I most curious about? Uh, what do I find I just end up reading, uh, doing, for no other reason than just the pursuit of joy? And I think that's where it started. And the reason why most people are lost, you know, if you are someone, uh, if you were to be made redundant, if you didn't have to do the job you hate, what would you do instead? Uh, and people don't really know that in detail. I mean, no. they might come up with some uh, bullet point ideas or titles, but it's not something they can really talk a lot about. And and the first place I feel, especially when I look back at my journey on how we can explore what our purpose is, is reflecting on our curiosities in the moment. And I think if we think about purpose, often it can it can be very overwhelming. <laughs> you know, what is the purpose? Yeah, what it is sounds the big. The, the my purpose, my mission. And exactly, and and it is big. And yeah. and I think a softer approach and a more humble step to take is simply to reflect on what am I most curious about right now? What gets my attention? What do I find myself interested in researching or uh, looking on social media to learn more about or Googling? Uh, and that's the best place to start because the beauty of purpose is it's not defined by one thing. It's not like this is my life purpose and that's it. I'm done. I can just focus on that for the yes. rest of my life. Yeah. As we take action on our curiosities, what happens is our purpose can evolve. And, and that's completely normal because as we ourselves evolve as a person, as an individual, naturally our purpose evolves often from me to we uh, in that process. It focuses, initially most people focus on myself. Uh, you know, how can I yeah. uh, give back more? How can I do something that brings me joy? How can I do something that brings me happiness? And as we fulfill that, eventually that purpose might move to we. How can I now add value to society? How can I share what I've earned and accomplished to help those who are on a similar path? Uh, and so I think it all begins with curiosity. Mm, you're right. And curiosity, of course, is the uh, you know, diet of coaching. Uh, we're curious about everything as coaches. And it's interesting listening to you say that because really, you know, what I get from that is that, you know, you have to know what you're doing before you can help anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. So you really need to know. Um, I mean, I'm big on the values work. I love that. You need to know your values and what they mean. And yes, of course, we all want to think, well, what can I do? What can I do for my future, for my family, for my business? Mm -hmm. What do I want? Um, but shifting it to other people as well after that is extremely powerful, isn't it? Mm. And of course, once we've been through that process ourselves, that's where we're most useful for others as coaches. So um, when you coach your clients, Simon, how do you help them through this, this process? You ask them to get curious about what matters to them. And 
And once they've got that, what can they do next? What's the next step, really, to dig in a bit deeper? Sure. I think for me, and, and again, every client's different. Uh, if, if I sort of share at a high level uh, how I work with clients, and I can sort of dive into a little bit uh, about what the next steps are in there. But at a high level, it's really focused around vision, mindset, strategy, and energy. Yes. Those for me are four important areas, and maybe I can revisit them in more detail as we go along there. Mm. Uh, They're like so, four pillars, aren't they, I guess? Yeah, so sort yeah. of four pillars. Vision is, well... If you have no idea of where you're going, then you don't really have context for your actions today. Yeah, it's very uh, unlikely to get there as well, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, because you have no way to measure it. No. Uh, but what I do more with my clients is uh, it's actually quite easy to have a vision because uh, once you spend some time working on it, it's like news resolutions. We, go, we all got an idea of the fact we want to be healthier, we want to be fitter, we want to start that idea. But unless we dive into why that vision is important, what is it about that vision that would excite you, that would mm. make you happy if you achieved it? Now we start creating an emotional connection. Uh, yeah, what will it bring? Exactly. What would it bring? What would it allow you to? What would be the possibilities if this was to start manifesting in your life? Uh, and that sort of then links to the second pillar of mindset, uh, understanding the fact that actually we create our own customized reality uh, by the way we choose our thoughts. Uh, you know, there's no one reality. There's only the way we see ourselves and the way we see the world around us. But understanding that I think is very powerful because it teaches us that one of the greatest superpowers we have is the ability to choose one thought over another. Yes, uh, yes, and, absolutely uh, with you on that. The, the, you know, choices, choice of mm. state, choice of everything, really. People don't actually believe that. That's the interesting thing, mm. that they a little disempowered sometimes around believing that they can yeah. make these choices. And in fact, that making those choices will actually make the difference. So sometimes mm. what we make so super hard is actually very simple as soon as you choose mm. for it to be. Does that make totally. sense? Do you agree with that? I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how, and that's why I think when, whenever we look at the journey of success, and I think too many people obsess and focus on the outcomes uh, you know, just going back sure. to what I was saying about New Year's resolution, nearly every New Year's resolution is focused on an outcome, fitter, stronger, more money, more wealth. Yeah, that end result. Mm. It's the end result. But what many forget is you don't get the end result until two things happen before that. The first thing is habits. You're not going to get the result unless you change your daily habits. And that's Absolutely. very simple. Unless you have healthy daily habits, you're never going to get healthier. Because then it's just a dream, isn't it? Oh, I wish I were fitter. I exactly. wish I were healthier. Oh, I would love to be this X, Y, Z. It's a wish and not an intention. Absolutely, uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's a big difference. So the, the first part before that is habits. And even before that, what you were saying just now there, Teresa, is this how we see ourselves. It's what is the story we are telling ourselves? What is the beliefs we have? Because those influence the habits we choose each day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where mindset has such a powerful part to play uh, in any journey. And then third is strategy. Uh, strategy is really just understanding, well, what is the next step I can take? What is in my control to influence? Yeah, we and need a plan, right? So we've, exactly. we've done all this hard work. And then the next question is, right, so what do we do? And you know, business. Co I mean, I'm a business coach or life coach. We talk about strategy. We talk about mm. a plan. I always think that, you know, it sounds, I'm sure we've adapted that, haven't we, from the Americans, you know, strategy, <laughs> um, because, it, you know, years ago, I never used to hear that in the workplace very much, but 
it's basically a plan, isn't it? What do mm. I do next? Let's write it down. Let's prioritize it. Um, and so even when you're talking about something like vision and purpose, which feels very connective, mm. it definitely needs that strategy, doesn't it, in order to create any impact at all? Totally. That You need to have a strategy. I mean, there's a, there's a popular saying, I can't remember who said it, but uh, it goes, if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, and that's why for me a great habit I've embraced is planning the week uh, ahead on a Sunday uh, but also planning each day the night before uh, because what you'll find that if you plan the week ahead and plan your day the night before is that when you wake up when you begin a new week you're so much more focused on what's most important Uh, going back to uh, that story I shared in the uh, coach magazine about having a compelling purpose having uh, an idea of what's most important. When you know that, the mind has something to target. But if you don't, then you end up being a victim of whatever the day will bring. Exactly. And you'll be reactive rather than proactive. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why planning is so important there. And I love that, that you've just, you just highlighted that as well, because a lot of people will use that language, won't they? Of, oh, I can't help it. And this happened and that happened. And then they said mm-hmm. this and then they did that. And actually, you know, just totally reacting mm. and, and not being proactive anyway, or actually maybe not even choosing not to react. Mm. And I think that's that's where you start to elevate the, the level of the mindset where, mm. yes, this happens and that happens, but how would I like to react to this? Okay, mm. what, what matters to me? And when you know your values and you've got a purpose and a vision, doing that is so much easier, don't you think? Um, because otherwise mm. you just tend to run with the crowd or the loudest voice or what anybody else mm. perhaps would like us to do, choosing our visions for us, maybe. Indeed. And, and, <laughs> and I, I love how you connected the, uh, the sort of vision and purpose with the strategy, Teresa, because, um, you know, what I find is the bigger the why, the easier the how. Mm. What happens, I like that. It's great. The yeah. bigger the why, the easier so the The bigger how. the why, the easier the how. So what I mean by that is the bigger the vision, the more it means something to you, the easier it is for you to come up with the strategies and the plan to help you get there. Uh, so it. Yeah, exactly. So, really so a great example mm. that comes mm. to my mind is, uh, I don't know if you followed uh, the Olympics and swimming, Michael Phelps and all that he's achieved in, yes. in the pool. Uh, there's a great story of how when he was swimming in a race in which he won a gold medal, uh, water started leaking into his goggles. So right. obviously that affects your vision. So as you start yes. getting water, but you can't slow down because this is an Olympic game. And so you want to maintain uh, that, that speed. But what happened is he still won that race. And later when he was interviewed about how he won that race, even though he had water seeping into his goggles halfway through that lap, Not ideal. Uh, <laughs> what he said is that, because he knew how much he wanted to win those gold medals to be a record-breaking champion, he would train for failure. And what he meant by that is he would think about what could, what could go wrong in the pool. So he had already planned that if his goggles came off or water went into his eye, he knew the average number of strokes it would take to go from one side of the pool to the other. So he had to switch to counting strokes in wow. order to know his distance in the pool. Right, so he, so he already was armed with the strategies um, from another perspective, which, of course, you know, his coach would have helped him with that and training and everything. But, you know, totally. and you would perhaps you would expect an Olympic gold medalist performer to have those top performance strategies, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, but a lot of us don't, you know, so we may make a plan and mm. then the plan goes wrong. And this is the thing, the plan goes wrong. Oh, the plan's gone wrong. 
this didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> this didn't go quite so thought. And then, of course, you need another level of adapting. Indeed. Being able to adapt, um, resilience, and going again. Because a plan is literally just that. I mean, I'm not probably going to quote this wrong, but was it Napoleon that said, um, I... I have always made, I've never followed the battle plan in my life, although I've always made one. Mm. So it's that like you make a plan to give you your start. But of course, we're not all machines and robots, are we? And it's not all going to go to plan. Totally. So like, can I, can I pivot? Can I think of another way to get to this outcome? But I think if people can't manage their mindset like that, as you say, and plan their strategies well, they fall to the sides and they go, oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> it wasn't my fault you know this happened and that happened and and i'm sure you see that as well right as i do and and that's why mindset is so important yeah. and what you were saying about adaptability and uh moving with the circumstances things may change it reminds me what charles darwin said in the fear of evolution it's not the strongest or the most intelligent that survived but the most adaptable mm. and that is the same not just for us as individuals but also for businesses uh, you, you know, uh, obvious example that comes to my mind is Apple. You know, if you look at Apple decades ago, it was known purely as a computer company. Yes. But today it's done TVs, it does streaming, it does phones, it does music players. You couldn't categorize it as a pure computer company anymore because of the way that it has adapted to changing consumer trends. And the speed and, of which they the adapt speed. as well. Mm. You know, I mean, it is pretty much instant, isn't it? I mean, as soon as you've got one phone, you've got another one, another one, all the different <laughs> models, which is great for business, but also uh, knowing what, what is going to be needed going forward and having that, mm. that kind of future vision. Um, so it's all really interesting stuff. Thank you. Uh, one thing I'd love to ask you about, because I think this is really amazing, um, and it's the part where it says in the article, about slowing down, okay? Mm. Because we are in a world um, of constant uh, change, speed, connectivity, disconnecting, all of that. And you say here, slow down in order to speed up. A silence is paradoxically full of answers. And, and this links back to earlier when you talked about people haven't spent any time thinking, they haven't reflected, they haven't actually allowed that bracket of time to dig in to what this means um and you know talk to me a little bit more talk to us simon about slowing down to find the answers sure so what i mean by slowing down is we all have an inner compass uh whatever you call that in a wisdom gut intuition feeling we all have it but often especially if you live in a in a city in a major city what happens is we can suppress that wisdom by falling into the trap of busyness uh, yes. As in just doing things to keep ourselves busy and to make us feel that we're, you know, we're doing something. But there's a big difference between efficiency and effectiveness. And I think when we, mm. when we are able to slow down, we are able to connect with that wisdom we all have. And the reason why I say there's lots of answers in silence is because I've personally found, especially through meditation, through visualization, through journaling, is that more always comes from a mind that is still calm and relaxed than one that is always overwhelmed and busy. And if you're listening, uh, a great way to relate to this is just imagine for a moment, uh, think back to a recent flight in which you've uh, taken a long haul flight. What goes through your mind when you're on that airplane with no distractions? You've got no internet, there's no one to call, there's no one telling you this is urgent. We've got oh, to heaven, present it? this. 
it's heaven. And what happens is I often hear many people, in this, and especially clients I've worked with, they come back and say, Simon, I had so many insights when I was on holiday. I had so many insights I jotted down when I was on that plane or train uh, because they slowed down. And yeah. that's why- to allow it to come. Way. Exactly. Yeah, because it's like you say, we're jamming our minds up all the time. Um, and I can't remember who it is. So I could possibly quote it correctly, but um, I know of like people that are running massive, massive businesses, multi-billion dollar companies that literally carve out time to just go and sit and think, mm. you know, that actual think space. Um, and the, the person I was reading about had like a particular room and in mm. the room there was nothing, no electronics, nothing, just a chair. And I would actually carve out in such a busy, busy life, really, um, to go and sit and actually just think and mm. just let, let things come and maybe go out again that aren't so useful and, and other things come. But we don't have the time. So the slowing down um, is really, really powerful, I think, um, because actually going at the same speed all the time is damaging, don't you think? No, totally. And, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting because uh... – at the time of this, uh, this podcast we're having, Teresa, there's this coronavirus going around. And so a lot of people are forced uh, to work from home or to work remotely. Mm. And that brought to my mind when I heard this on the news that you know, a story I came across uh, a while back, which was particularly relevant, uh, especially at this moment, is the fact that in 1665, we had the bubonic plague, uh, the Black Plague here in, in, in England. And that also forced places to close in particular, Cambridge University closed, and that forced Isaac Newton to uh, go home to his home in Woolthorpe. But yes. in those two years that he was home, he has later mentioned it was the most productive time of his life, uh, where all of those things that we are now familiar with in science uh, were formed and laid, the groundwork was laid in those times. And that just shows just how much we can achieve when we do take a take moments to step back and to focus mm. to as um, Cal Newport in his book uh, Deep Work talked about is single focusing on tasks in blocks results in us achieving more in days than many would achieve in weeks or even months. Yeah and, and that's um, so powerful and of course we are in extremely challenging times at the moment and when people feel oh I would like to take my time to slow mm. down, I would choose to take my time. Uh, it's a very different sense to when we are forced to take time. Mm. Um, and of course, you feel like there's possibly a, a, a lack of free will there. And mm. it, of course, it invites all other kinds of emotions. Um, but you're right that those times in our mind where we can be solo and focused mm. and do one thing at a time and allowing some of that creativity to really grow it's, it's fabulous at any time, especially especially now, as, you, as you've referenced. Mm. And so it's like uh, you, you, you know, another thought comes to mind, and, and I think that's why in today's society in which we, uh, we have so much things that demand our attention or can consume us, whether that's Netflix, whether that's social media, and all of this stuff that can take our time away from what yeah. matters most. It reminds me of the saying that time is what we want most, but what we use worst. Wow. Um, and so you've had a couple of absolute diamonds in and, here with uh, the quotes. I love that one as well. You. Say that and, again. Say that again. Uh, time is what we want most, uh, but what we use worst. Yes. Uh, and that's what, you know, it sort of relates back to why planning is so important. Uh, you know, when we begin each day, it's understanding how well I know that today would have been a productive day that allows us to measure our progress throughout the day. Mm. Otherwise, 
what we come to realize is that once that day is gone, it's gone forever. You can never get it back. Time is the scarcest commodity. Absolutely. And I think we know that, but we don't know that. Does mm. that make sense? So, of course, we're aware of that logically. And all of us, you know, couldn't, there's not many people that could say, I've never wasted a moment's time in my life. I mm. perhaps wouldn't mm. believe that. Uh, because we, we all have. But of course, it's only when things get very intense or you feel you may not have any more of that precious time left mm. in order to do these things that you have that, oh my goodness, I wish I had, I wish I had. Mm. So actually, I think, you know, the thing to, that I've taken most from the podcast today is just like, you know, don't wait to do, dig in, find what it is that's going to work for you, find how you can serve yourself and others Mm. and do it you know make a plan and actually do it and that's the action part of coaching of course isn't it which so, without the action all of it is just talk as we know um, and action is the easiest thing to help us to feel back in control and mm. um, i know that when my clients take action and when i do think yes you know satisfied that you've <laughs> actually done something and it doesn't have to be massive all the time these I, i'm you know I, I love the compound effect those small incremental steps 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 consistency because it's hard to keep consistency at a very very fast or very very intense pace mm. it will just kind of fall apart underneath us so all of this really is very measured as well you know it's got a there's a system in that and we need to, we are we're creatures of habit we like mm. to create systems and patterns some of them good some not so good but yeah it's all super super interesting um and just to wrap up i just want to read another one um, of the quotes that we included that you mm. sent over and this one says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist, that is all. And of course, you know, that's Oscar Wilde. Um, and that, again, it's so true, isn't it, Alexander? So true. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's so true because uh, many of us simply exist without truly living. And, and that's why so many are filled with regret by the time they, uh, they, they get to the final few days on Earth. As Bronnie Ware, the Australian nurse who works in palliative care, uh, it's so well known to have discovered when she compiled a list of the top 10 regrets of the dying. Mm, uh, I read that article that you wrote. You shared something. Yeah, I, something I shared that something. Ago, I remember. Mm. Uh, and, and that's why it's so important to, to live. Uh, you, you know, another uh, article I shared recently was the fact that we, we have two lives. And that second life begins the moment we fully appreciate, understand, and realize we have only one. And when we really appreciate that, we begin to make more empowered and intentional choices about the way we live each day. And that will compound to all the successes we have in our vision. I love that. And I think that's a, a perfect space to wrap up. And I thank you for all your insights and very, very interesting conversation. And I hope people have enjoyed that. There's a lot of references in there to what's going on now, really, parallels. Um, and so thank you, Simon. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights on the podcast. My pleasure, Teresa. And thank you again for having me. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You can read Coach Magazine for free online every quarter. Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. 